When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We work hard as physicians to take care of the health and well-being of our patients. But when it comes to our money, do we have the same condition of care? Probably, probably not. Let's change that together. Welcome to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast, where we'll fight and advocate for your financial literacy. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into the show. This week's episode is sponsored by CityVest. CityVest has quickly become the most popular and best way for doctors to invest in top-performing real estate private equity funds that are usually reserved for institutional investors. This unique access to investing in these institutional funds is available for the first time ever through CityVest easy and secure online investment platform. CityVest does the hard work of conducting due diligence and vetting the investments. They even get a third-party due diligence report that is posted on their website. As a result of aggregating a several million dollar investment amount into their access funds, CityVest gains access to investing in the institutional investment and is able to negotiate better investment terms such as a 12% preferred return. You can check them out at cityvest.com or go to the link in the show notes below. So welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I tell four types of freedom, financial, time, location, and emotional freedom. And what started out as a small cohort of physician guests and audience has now broadened and reached a greater scope so I can help more people. And so in that light, I bring on guests that are non-physicians doing other things on the cutting edge, impacting lives and changing the world. So today we have a really interesting guest. Um, We're going to talk all about burnout and um, just employee retention. Uh, Dr. Mary Lou Martin, I'm going to let her introduce herself, but um, she's the author of the Big Quit Survival Guide, so check that out. I'm sure you can find it on Amazon. So um, Dr. Martin, welcome. Thank you, Chris, and please call me Mary Lou. Mary Lou is a unique spelling, (laughs) M-E-R-R-Y. L-U-E. So it's always a challenge to, you know, go through life spelling it. But thank you for the opportunity and to connect with your audience today. You know, I, I can't think of a more volatile combination right now than to be in healthcare in any way, shape or form and try to navigate through this thing called the great resignation. 
it, it's just the perfect storm for trying to attract people, retain good people, hire people, and all these things. And what I want to bring to the listeners today uh, is an awareness that we are in a completely different environment right now when it comes to working with people, leading people, whether we have our own medical practice or we're working in a corporate environment. Uh, anytime two human beings are working together, uh, there's something very much different right now about this environment. So I wanted to bring just a couple of tips, if I may, on what is different and um, certainly just kind of set the stage. You know, this is, um, I like to say, this is not our grandfather's workplace. <laughs> if you think back to, you know, the 1940s, I, I remembered an I Love Lucy clip where Lucy and Ethel are in the candy um, assembly line and they're trying to keep up with the operations and the candy's going everywhere and the supervisor's just barking orders and yelling more and I think you know for years we've kind of had this command and control environment in working with people. Well, that's all changed. Yeah. <laughs> We've got now a human being transaction here that we need to deal with. So um, I'm, I want to bring out many of those points, you know, in terms of, of what's different. Um, just to say the first tip I could give anyone who's working with people right now is we must formalize a retention strategy. We really have to have a plan. You know, we, we care for when we're running a business or part of any organization, we care for marketing, we care for finance, we care for operations, uh, we care for customer service. We even have an HR group or a person or a department that helps with benefits. I'm even talking beyond that. We need to strategically and mindfully think about and plan a, a, an employee retention strategy. And I'll give you a newsflash. Bringing more bagels, adding ping pong tables, and providing craft brews is not a retention strategy. <laughs> There's too many carbs in there anyway. <laughs> but that, that's been part of the challenge. You know, we're, we're throwing organizational or business solutions to what really is a personal one-on-one -on -one human being interaction. Doctor Doc is a personal lending solution designed by doctors for doctors. We understand that doctors' financial situations change faster than an insulin drip in ketoacidosis. And we also understand that doctors are the most reliable borrowers in the world. Through our proprietary algorithm, we're able to provide personal loans at great rates with amazing flexibility because we take into account your schooling your specialty, and where you are in the medical journey. Doctors come to us after they've matched into residency and we loan for all sorts of personal reasons, from credit card debt consolidation to family expenses and medical bills. We speak with everyone who applies for a loan and offer fixed interest rates and flexible term options without prepayment penalties. If you're a physician looking for a personal loan, fill out our application form now. It only takes three minutes and we'll get back to you with a decision within 24 hours. I hope I see one day just the just the transition of the 
airline, auto, energy, financial, healthcare, and insurance sectors. Um, hopefully, in my lifetime, I'm not sure if it will be done, but you know, hopefully, in yeah. terms of governments, you know, corporations, just our whole structure and just our whole way of living and working. You know, is <laughs> we're living in, we're working in um, 21st century under 19. 40s industrial age type of um, solutions. So, You're so right. I, <laughs> you, you are so right. Yeah. And what's interesting about the human factor here is anytime we decide to hire an employee, we've immediately elected now to engage with a human being. This is going to sound so overly simplistic, and yet it's so basic to what we're missing with retaining people. Uh, you know, from a clinical standpoint, and certainly from a physiology standpoint, it's all about homeostasis. It's all about seeking balance. And what we're seeing right now with today's employee, they're way ahead of that command and control. You know, they had, you take this, I've been pented up for years working for a boss, toxic or not, that I felt I just have to stay and be there to, to get the bills paid. You know, you add a gallon of that, you mix it in with the volatility uh, that we saw with the pandemic, that life is very fragile. And then you sprinkle in a little bit of a taste of working from home. And we had a major explosion here. This is what this whole big quit great resignation, and it's still continuing. We're not seeing a slowdown yet. It's interesting. In the group, what's even more interesting right now, we've morphed a little bit from, you know, a lot of the frontline people, depending on the industry, we're leaving in droves, they, they still are. But what we're seeing right now, Chris, is the biggest group that's leaving are your middle to senior level managers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's been enough time now where they're literally imploding to your point a minute ago with burnout, trying to take on all of the concerns and the fears and the nurturing and all those things they've been trying to do. Uh, employees, the rally cry is treat me like a human being, show me empathy, and, and they're struggling. Well, what does that mean? And I'm trying and I'm wanting to get to know you and you're still not happy and I have to keep you. But then they have the owners or the senior leaders in their higher ups who are putting pressure on them saying, we can't do X, we're not going to do X, you are going to enforce this, yes or no, I don't care if you like it. So there's this mismatch, and it's really landing right now on this middle group. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping by the end of today, we, we provide the listeners, you know, with some real tactical tools to survive, to thrive, to work with people, to help with the burnout, and just a little bit more understanding what's going on, because there are some solutions. There, there really are. Companies, um, practices, small businesses, uh, they are figuring it out very quickly, and they are keeping good people, and they're attracting them, and they're winning the talent war. And that, that's really what my impetus was to write this book, The Big Quit Survival Guide. The target audience is leaders who are leading people. 
And in my course of my career and working with people, I've come from an in-depth background in organizational development, research, uh, psychology, you know, working with folks that um, are leading people, training them. And what I am seeing is just this um, new awareness that really caring for that person right now is, is the most important. So a couple of thoughts, if I could just go on and certainly yeah. interrupt and, no. you know, ask me as we go. But um, one of the things I've, I've helped people get their arms around is this people are people first. They're mm -hmm. always going to be our employees second. And if we just start there and we mindfully care for this people piece, the rest fits much more easily. And I'm going to give you an example of what's going on in the head of our, ourselves as we have been employees. Um, I think this will resonate with anyone who's reported to somebody or has held a job, as well as those of us you know, who are leading people. When we take a job, we're going to psychologically start to balance three things. This is where this homeostasis comes in. These three things sit, I want you to picture a teeter-totter, you know, just like a child's toy on the playground. On one side of that teeter-totter is this bucket that I'm going to call the first R of the requirements. These are the things that you could directly know what your requirements are to succeed at this job. You can look at your job description and you can see if you're a sales rep, you're gonna be making calls, presentation, you know, all the basics. Those are easy. If you're in food service, you're waiting on customers, you're cleaning the bathrooms, whatever it says in your job description. Those are the direct requirements. Now this employee also though, is gonna to add to this bucket that's sitting on that teeter-totter, the indirect requirements. And these are things that are maybe more personal. We don't see up front. For example, um, there might be an hour commute to get to the office. We're seeing some interesting um, dynamics getting played out right now in this environment. I call it a big game of chicken. <laughs> these employers are saying you will come back to the office the employees are saying no i'm not <laughs> and we're trying to see who's going to win this war it's a very interesting time but it could be uh, any of those things personally so whatever that employee has to do physically psychologically emotionally, whatever that is, that sits in those buckets of requirements, okay? So that's the first R. Now move to the other side of the teeter-totter. The second R are the rewards. Those are the tangibles. What I mean about the rewards, why do we come to work? That's pretty transactional. We have our paycheck, right? We have maybe a 401k or a, a bonus, perhaps. Uh, we might have a benefits package. Uh, we might be offered certain training opportunities so we can get certifications or degrees. I see right now a lot of employers are offering a student tuition reimbursement, you know, things that I can physically take and put in my pocket. Now, so far, so good. Employee's going to stay thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, this is, this job's costing me these things over here, but you know what? The rewards I'm getting back so far, we're good. We hope 
You know, if not, we have a problem right there at the beginning. And in my book, The Big Quit Survival Guide, I talk about how you can even set up that scale, even at the very beginning to make sure it stays in balance so you don't go through all this calibration, you know, that's needed. Um, But what happens because we're human beings, a third R comes in and it sits right next to the rewards. And this one is huge. It's the respect. How am I feeling while I'm doing this job? And this is one you'll hear all throughout every employee-employer situation. This employee is thinking, am I feeling validated here? Am I feeling um, appreciated? Do I have autonomy? Can I show up and do my best work? Is this environment emotionally safe for me? Huge right now. Is it psychologically safe? Or am I dealing with this stress and burnout? And so there you go. There's that homeostasis. If an employee has all those three R's in balance, they will never leave you. They're going to love this job. They're working hard. They're getting paid and they're validated and feeling fulfilled. That's another big miss today that employees are asking for. I want to be fulfilled here. I don't want to just be putting widget A and widget B together, you know, on this assembly line all day. So I'll play out now the combinations and what's going on in their head. And then we can talk about the, the, the impact of that. So let's say you've got that perfect balance. Like I said, that's your sweet spot. That's what we're looking to do. And a leader, believe it or not, can control the levers in each one of those buckets and how to do that. Well, we won't go into as much detail today. That's all spelled out in the book, along with checklists and scripts and things to even say and do you know, <laughs> to make that happen. But here's what happens. Let's say... An employee has these requirements and the rewards are really high. They're even heavier perhaps than the requirements. But let's say that respect is very low. It's very light. Now you've got an employee who's a 50% flight risk. This person's thinking, I don't like it here. I, for whatever reason, fill in the blank, I I don't want to be doing this job, but where am I going to go and make this kind of money? Where am I going to go and get this benefit plan that my disabled child needs? Whatever the rationale is, they won't be engaged. There'll be a flight risk because all it's going to take is for them to find an opportunity where those rewards are still as robust, but the respect is also robust, that person will leave. And then we can look at the flip. Let's say you're a small startup practice. Let's say you don't have deep pockets to offer tuition or stock options or 401ks and all these things. You still have got those requirements But now you can mitigate that by making that respect bucket really heavy. And here's what this employee is thinking. You know, I'm not going to get rich here right away. I still have to keep my Saturday coffee shop job, you know, to maybe add some extra pin money. But you know what? These people treat me like gold. 
I love it here. I get to do great work. I'm making a difference. I'm feeling fulfilled for the first time in my life. I want to come to work. It's not a burden. I'm not stressed. Um, there's still a flight risk though, because if someone comes along and can offer rewards by keeping up those same requirements, respect, you know, we have to make to care for that. And what's interesting, Chris, is that scenario that I just described people are off are are wanting to reduce the rewards for the sake of raising the requirements or excuse me the, the respect they're saying you know what the money's not worth it the burnout's not worth it i would rather have the control over my work-life balance and be treated well and rather have that emotional safety i don't want to go back in the office it's not worth it and so you know we're trying to understand, and that's what's going on. And then you've got the classic corporate problem. You've got requirements that are off the chart. You've got rewards that are barely cutting it, and the respect is even lower. And we wonder why people <laughs> are leaving in droves, right? <laughs> does, does that connect? Have you been in a scenario where you yeah. can go, you know what? Yeah, I left for that reason. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so bad. that's why. That's why I'm a business owner and entrepreneur. I have to exactly. Do my own thing. <laughs> I, I, yeah. can't, I can't follow some arbitrary person's do this just because I say so. I, I say so. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. And and so here's the thing: what we want to do <clears throat> in terms of seeking why people choose to leave or stay. I call it, uh, um, you know, the word maybe is the new employee loyalty today. <laughs> That's really, you know, when my folks and, you know, people that were in the workplace again in the 50s and 60s and such, the expectation was you find a good job, you stay there for a lifetime, they take care of you, and you do a good job for them. And that's really the way we worked for so many years. And that has completely flipped upside down now. It, it's really a day to day. Um, this is working. This is not working. So with that in mind, here's an idea for people to think about, well, how do I test if these three R's are in balance? You know, this sounds great, Mary Lou, and I hope they are, but how do I know? Well, I'll tell you two areas that don't work so well and a third that really, really will give you that, that intel, if you will. The first thing people try to do to get the behind the why someone leaves is something called the exit interview. We've probably been through them where you've made your two week notice and the human resources people called you in and they want to investigate, well, why? You know, why are you leaving? Now, can you imagine, Chris, you know, here you are, have already put in your resignation and they're asking you these questions like, well, what could we have done differently? Um, what was it about your leader that you didn't get? I mean, it's such old news and it, they don't, they don't work. They, they just don't. Um, and here's the other thing, your best people, and you know who they are, you, the people that you want to keep at, at all costs, those top performers, they're never going to burn bridges. 
So when they're in an exit interview, they're not going to tell you the real story. They're going to say something like, oh, I just had this great opportunity. You know, I, I just can't pass it up. And <laughs> I laugh because truth be told, they were working for that great opportunity just to land in their lap, you know, six months prior <laughs> to that opportunity to leave. So it, the exit interviews are not helpful. The other thing people try to do, they're a little bit more effective. They're called stay interviews, S-T-A-Y. Why, why are you staying? Now they make a little more sense, right? You're, you're meeting with your employee and you're talking through on a one-on-one -on -one and you wanna throw in some questions, you know, hey, we appreciate your work. Uh, what's working for you here? We're happy that you're contributing. You know, what do we need to keep doing more of that keeps you engaged? And, you know, those are okay questions. Um, we get questions like, well, what would be your dream job? And how can I help you get there? You know, people want to see advancement. The problem with that would be, if I'm talking with the director of a technical software company, and he says, or she says, well, my dream job is I want to be a drummer in a rock band. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, how am I going to help you get there? Why am I even asking you that question? <laughs> but we do. We kind of go down this list of human interest questions. They don't really cut at what we're doing. The best way to go about truly understanding where your employee is and what you're going to need to do to keep them is to have what I call that three R conversation. Because here's what's interesting. I don't even know how each of my employees would define that word respect. Think about this. Here's where we miss the boat, because unless I ask and unless we have this conversation, here's what can happen. It'll go something like this. Let's say, Chris, you're brand new to my team. You're new to this industry and I'm bringing you on board. And we have this conversation now. And I say, Chris, I really want to define how we're best going to work together. Um, you know, I, apart from being civil, we're certainly not going to use profanity and swear and bully each other, but I really want to drill down on what are the kind of behaviors that for me as your leader, I need to exhibit that's going to give you the best sense of being respected. What does that look like for you? And we might talk through a little bit, you know, some examples, but you might say something to me like, well, Mary Lou, um, you know, I'm kind of new to this industry and I really want to learn. I want to grow. I want to, you know, have some opportunities, but I'm not real sure where I might be going with some of my decision making. Would it be okay if you and I could connect, say, <clears throat> every morning for just maybe five minutes? I mean, we may not need it, but just to know I could get five minutes if I have a question that came up yesterday or I have some feedback I could get from you. Because uh, in my last job, man, I never heard from my boss for six months, you know, unless something was wrong and I was lost. So that would mean respect to me if just knowing you were there. So I'm thinking, well, sure, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Now, here's where, as a leader, I can make a huge mistake. I apply what you just shared to me as sort of the, oh, okay, that's how people want to be respected. 
Now I've got another employee who's maybe been around a while who I've just hired and they come to me and say, uh, well, Mary Lou, the way I would define respect is give me my marching orders, tell me what your goals are, give me my swim lane, and you know what? Let me go because my worst fear is for you to micromanage me. So do you see how unless I ask and we have this exact conversation with every one of our people, I don't know what I'm doing and how I should be doing the right thing for every person to keep that 3R scale balanced. So mm-hmm. I really employ people to you deploy people to, to get out there and get involved and ask those questions. And if you don't know what questions to ask, as I said, the book gives you all those resources. I have to laugh because, you know, being in a organizational development field for years, we've had many consultants come and go, big dollar ticket people, and they do great work in the right environment. But if you're working with a new leader or a leader who doesn't come by leadership naturally and they're trying to run their own business, hiring someone and telling them to come in and say, well, Chris, you know what you need to do here? You need to build an authentic culture that speaks of authenticity among your team. I would be looking at them going, what the heck does that even mean? (laughs) You know what? It's like, okay, you must build trust. Okay, how? (laughs) So I'm very tactical in my approach. Nothing's left to the imagination. Here's how, here's what you say, here's what you do. Here's a set of tools that's going to help you. Um, My website, if people want to access more, is the bigquitsurvivalguide.com. And there is a tab that if you enter the password and the book has the password in it, you can print out the whole worksheets, survival guide, everything you could use, eight and a half by 11, put in a notebook and actually use it. Have that 3R conversation with Mary Lou's name at the top and that employee can go in that folder. (laughs) I've tried to make it as easy as possible. So I've done a lot of talking at this point, but I'd love to just kind of hear your thoughts and how you think that might fit with, you know, what we're trying to do today. Yeah, it's a really great discussion. I really enjoyed it. And um, I think a lot of the talking points that you made uh, will resonate with the audience, um, especially, you know, especially with um, just this whole, we just have this whole um, conglomeration of just, life-changing events you know pandemic war inflation recession um and you know we have you know we have people trying to adapt to this you know post-covid work world and um especially with healthcare the issue is with burnout and um just so many people just fed up and just you know just quitting so um i think the audience will have um can clean a lot of insights from your from your from your talk so um one thing one thing i had was um basically you talked about this idea with um with the manager and it's each it sounds like a more personalized and individualized plan um but uh what are some tips and tools that you have to really um solidify today's talent world because you know a lot of i'll give you an example a lot of you know, people in finance right now, 
um, mm -hmm. from traditional Wall Street. Uh, they are leaving traditional banks and going to work for new innovative uh, financial technology companies and trying to find real solutions to problems. So how, what are some tips and tools to um, uh, win today's talent war for yeah, organizations? Great, great question. I have, I think, three thoughts I'll share quickly. Number one, it would be have a sense of what kind of culture you want to create in this team or in this organization you're hiring for. And what I mean by that is, and please excuse the negative, you, you cannot not have a culture. You have a culture. And when you're the leader, again, like your retention strategy, you must be very mindful of that because what employees are looking for now, like as you're point was well taken, some of the very fast paced to high stress financial environments, people now want to work in a culture that I just described that's very high in respect. Mm -hmm. So here's where we must help leaders define that culture. If you want to have a culture of respect, it's not going to grow naturally. We've got to care for that. And so what would be the points that you would make sure would be um, apparent in your culture? That starts right there with the very first interaction with this potential new hire. How is your hiring process? Is it respectful? Is it is it chaotic? Um, if you have a meeting to connect with this person, are you five minutes late? Are you 10 minutes late? Right there. That's speaking volumes of your culture. So there's an intolerance a little bit today, or let's say employees are pickier. They're very talented ones. They know their market street value and they're looking for a certain culture and it's gonna be one with high respect, high validation, and be careful of that fake culture. Don't say, oh, we treat people with respect. We do the right thing and yet, the employee, the new hire is going to sniff out anything that doesn't support that. So be aware of that culture. Number two, I would say to really make sure you've got this winning the talent war is to look at your organization or your team as individual pixels of people. What I mean by that is it takes some time it does take a little effort, but you're going to invest it either on the front end or the back end. If you're in that churn of turnover, that's killing anyone who owns a business's ability to have financial freedom. It costs almost one third the salary to rehire and retrain that individual employee. Now you multiply that out by a few people and you're turning them over every six months. That's a hole really hard to get out of. So we want to be very, very careful that we are attracting the best, keeping the best and doing it in a way that um, they're going to stay with you. And that's with the three R's and balancing it, you know, and having all those great conversations. The third tip <clears throat> I would say in terms of being able to win the talent war is to offer flexibility. That's the third tip. Now, we're not talking about treating people differently in a sense of, well, gee, I can't let one do this or one do that. Well, 
there's a lot of wiggle room in being flexible. What we must do as business owners is treat people equitably. And that doesn't always mean treating them exactly alike. Like that example, if I think I'm respecting one employee by checking in every five minutes and another one by never seeing them every six months, I'm going to miss that boat. So I would say that would be my, you know, my third tip to just be aware of. So I hope that just gives some succinct guidelines of just what we're up against and just it's a mindset shift. You know, yeah. we've never really had to think about it this hard before, but yeah. I don't see it going away anytime soon. We want to get real smart about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Lou, you've um, dropped so many wonderful gems and for all the listeners out there, um, visit uh, Mary Lou's website, bigquitsurvivalguide.com. You can download the worksheets, check out uh, her book on Amazon. And uh, so thanks so much. And um, it's been a really insightful conversation. You really highlighted something that's so needed in today's world. Thank you, Chris. I very much appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. I'm excited that you made it for another episode. You are truly the best. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom. Please come back week after week for new content, new resources, and great guests. Until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrisluemdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.